0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit RealityHonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, Good to be with you this morning. So grateful to have you join us this Sunday morning. My name is Riz, the pastor here at Reality Honolulu. If I have not yet met you, um, just thank you for joining us here this morning. Uh, a quick side note before we get into today is that if you weren't able to be here in person last week and have not yet either watched or listened to last week's Vision Sunday sermon, please go ahead and take 30 minutes this week, uh, either in the car or, or however you watch or listen to sermons, um, to either watch or listen to it, especially for those who call like, reality their home. Like if this is your church, last week's sermon was an important sermon to hear to make sure that we're all on the same page of what God is doing in our church, and um, really it was a reminder of who we are and who God, I think, wants us to be even more of as His his church and as His body, and much of this year we're going to try to live into that and kind of just look through that lens all year of really trying to, to, to pray all that in. And so please take some time to watch or listen and prayerfully consider what it means for you to personally uh, be a part of what God's doing here at Reality Honolulu. But before we get into today, let me go ahead and pray for our time. God, thank you for what you are doing in our midst. Thank you for the ways in which you're leading us and providing and guiding and really using your body in so many different ways. And God, we're excited for this new year. We're excited about what you want to do with us today. How you want to speak through your word to us today in this place. And God, we just ask that you would have your way. We don't want to hold you back. We don't want to get in the way of what you want. But I pray that all of our hearts would be really receptive. Because God, this is your word. This is your spirit that is speaking today. And God, I pray that I would just be a mouthpiece and a vessel for you to speak to us as a people. We are so in need of you. We're so in need of you. That we just say, God, have your way. Uh, your will be done today. Your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is also an exciting day. Because uh, today is the start of a new sermon series here at Reality. Entitled, The Miracles of Jesus. Uh, really excited to kind of jump into this, and for the next few months, leading all the way up to summer, each Sunday, with the exception of Palm Sunday and Easter coming up here, uh, we will highlight and teach a different miracle of Jesus recorded in the gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're going we're gonna to take and we're going to look at the different ways, um, different things that Jesus did. Miracles ranging from when Jesus miraculously fed the crowd of 5,000 with a few loaves and a few fishes, to him walking on water, to him, feeling all kind, him healing all kinds of different, different physical illnesses, to even raising Lazarus from the dead and more. And the intent behind doing this series, like why we're doing it, why we're camping out in this for a few months now, is that each week we would highlight these things that Jesus did, and specifically the people he did them to, and the significance of these miracles, specifically like in in the cultural context of the time. But the hope is that it would remind us and illuminate for us just how absolutely amazing Jesus is. Like every week we would be like, I cannot believe how incredible the person of Jesus is. And that not only that, but it would, that it would my hope is that it would reveal to us God's mercy and his grace and his love for humanity, especially the outcasts and the oppressed and the downtrodden of society. because over and over and over. We're going to see that that's exactly who Jesus interacted with, broke all the rules to go after those in most need. And my prayer, and I would love for you to join with me, we prayed this morning at our pre-service prayer this way, I'd love for you to join in and pray for us as a church this way also, is that each week, not only would we see how incredible our God is, but we would learn how the things, things that we're reading really apply for us today and how we too can walk out the way of Jesus and how we treat others around us as well. That Jesus would be our model example right, as disciples, as followers, that we would, we would get like a, a, a window into the person of Jesus, and we would begin to emulate what he does to those around us. We would see people differently, we would treat them differently, and so on. I think it's going to be incredible. I'm really excited for what God wants to do in each of us over these next few months as we look at the person of Jesus, And the best thing is, is if you look at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which I encourage you to, if you aren't, you know, on a Bible reading plan right now, or you need something to read, just jump in. That's where we're on Sundays. It'll only be good for you in many ways. But read, read them. Jump into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what you'll see is there's actually 37 specific miracles of Jesus recorded. I mean, there's more that he did, but like the big ones, you know. And for us, from now until summer, we've selected 16 of these to highlight and study together. 37 would be a little long. I mean, it would be awesome, but it would take us to the fall. But God has other things in store for us come summer and come fall um, that I'm also excited about. But we've selected 16 to highlight, one per Sunday for 16 Sundays, getting a window into the person of Jesus. Are you excited? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to teach it and excited for us to go through it. So today, to start the series off, we're going to look at the very first miracle of Jesus we have recorded in John's Gospel. So if you have your Bible, if you could join with me, please turn to John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. That's the text where we find this. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles by each door as you walk in. Those black tables um, between the two doors on either side or kind of around you, or you can share with someone next to you. Uh, I'll be reading out of the NLT translation for this one, but it'll also be on the screen for you if you have a different translation, and that throws you off a little bit. But this is what the account of Jesus in John 2 says. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. And he said, dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told his servants, do whatever he tells you. Stand nearby, A standing nearby, there were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each would hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the masters of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone... Has had a lot to drink. He brings out the less expensive wine. But you've kept the best until now. Verse 11. Be mindful of this one. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples disciples believed in him. So I know that in some ways this can be like a weird miracle. (laughs) Because even like you're like, wow, Jesus, you just made so much wine. Like, the wine ran out, you just made 6 times 20, 6 times 30 gallons of wine. You're like, whoa, buddy. Right? Like, is this some kind of, like, party trick of Jesus at the wedding? Like, what are you doing? I don't know if you've ever read this, or like, or maybe you thought it's weird. But, right, it stands out a little bit. But I think there's a purpose to why it stands out a little bit as this first one. But what verse 11 does, what it alludes to... Is that this miracle and all uh, subsequent ones to follow, they all have a purpose. There's a reason why he would choose to do what he did in the way he did. It's not haphazard. Nothing is that God ever does. Again, this specific miracle at this wedding in Cana that we just read wasn't supposed to just be like Jesus showing off or trying to do some sleight of hand. But rather, what our author says here, is it was to reveal his glory. The purpose of him turning water into wine at this wedding in a very public manner was to reveal God's glory. And so, meaning, up to that time... Right? If you think about the life of Jesus, up to that time, Jesus for 30 years, he's about 30 years old when this happens. Up for the first 30 years of his life, up to this time, he has been an obscure carpenter born of a really humble family. And he had not revealed yet his true nature, his true identity, and truly who he was. But what the gospel accounts are, if you're like, what are the gospels? Well, It's a window into eyewitness accounts of Jesus' teaching, his preaching, and through miracles and other acts, he shows Israel and in turn the world, that he was actually the promised Messiah, the Son of God, God in the flesh. For 30 years, super obscure carpenter, kind of under the radar, wasn't time yet. And then for the Gospels is a a three-and-a-half-year, like, fire hose of Jesus to the world. Like, miracle after miracle, sermon after sermon. Like, it is a wild time in Israel. That's what the Gospels are. It's all of a sudden, the time's not yet, the time is now. And even, even our text today says this is the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And even, even he, he, he has this dialogue with Mary, right, his mom, because his mom's the one that said, hey, Jesus, do something about the wine. you see that? I think it's just a funny dialogue. He's like, no, 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 the time is not yet. But, but then actually, it's kind of interesting, but actually it changes, and the time is now. And even our author says, this is the first time, and, and like, no more hiding. Like, it's on. And as, and as, you know, more of even like the previous chapter of, of the book of John would say, there's reason for this, right? John's gospel account, just a chapter earlier, would say this in verse 14, or excuse me, yeah, verse 14 of John chapter 1. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So John is like alluding to, to Jesus being, being God in the flesh. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Colossians 2.9. For in him, in Jesus, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Or as the New Living Translation of that same verse says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. One more section of verses to add to this thought is from the author of Hebrews. Hebrews 1, 1 through 1-3, the author saying, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Speaking of the Old Testament, speaking of... Th- Those that went before them. But now in these final days, God has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. Verse 3, listen. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And he has cleansed us from our sins. He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. But all that to say, John, Colossians, Hebrews, all that to say, what the three and a half year public ministry of Jesus vividly displays isn't just a bunch of miracles for miracle's sake, but rather it displays the character, nature, and very heart of God in the person of Jesus. Like when you see Jesus, you're actually seeing God the Father. Each miracle, like our one today, is showing a different part of what God is like and how he interacts with humanity. And I think we can lose that sometimes, or even for some of us, when we talk about the miracles of Jesus, depending on your upbringing, your denomination, you just might get a little like, there might be like a, where are we going with this? Some of you might not at all, but I think some of you do. You're like, well, why are we just talking about that? Well, (laughs) a big reason we're talking about that is because these miracles, these, you could say they're signs and wonders, these things that Jesus does that we're going to look at for the next 16 weeks. The way he does them, to who he does it, it's all showing us the very character and nature of God. And even this one, the wedding at Cana, there's many takes on this one. <laughs> so many rabbit holes that people go down and the wise... There's many questions of why Jesus chose to do his first miracle this way. You could spend 16 weeks looking at that. But here's where I just want to simply put us this morning. I think one of the most obvious reasons as to why was to get people's attention. This is his first time. This is the first time he's doing something like this in this way. What better place than to do it at a wedding? This was his public revealing of the start of a very new public season of him living out his father's kingdom on earth. And what many didn't know and what many didn't believe is obviously it would end with him dying on a cross. Saving and giving salvation to the entire world. That is something to celebrate even though his next three and a half years were mixed with a lot of criticism and ultimately ended up with persecution leading to his death. But the reason why was so that the whole world could have life. How does he reveal his glory for the first time? How does he let the cat out of the bag, so to speak? It's at a wedding. It's at a celebration. And what's so interesting is every person at that wedding would be drinking that miraculous wine. Right, the wine's out. It's a whole scene. Jesus brings more wine. The wine's really good. Everybody's drinking the wine. Questions would arise on like, where did this come from? Who did this? What is this about? Again, giving attention to the person of Jesus. Word would very much have spread of what happened that day all around the region and beyond. Can you believe what happened at the wedding in Cana? Did you hear about it? That would have been the talk. That would have been the ancient coconut wireless back then. It would have been, it's talking. Everyone, did you hear? Did you see? But did you hear who did it? They would say, you know, it's this guy that we don't even really know much about. This, This guy, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph and Mary. Right? It would have been so unbelievable that this happened in front of all of them. This ordinary carpenter who over the next few years would be revealed to not only be Israel's savior, but God's rescue plan to save the world. In a lot of ways, this is like the inauguration of the series of miracles that would come. And in a very public way at this wedding, in front of family and friends in his community, Jesus revealed himself as one who came with power and authority And although it was in the form of water to wine in this scenario, nonetheless, the result that it had on those around him was belief and it was a following. Did did you notice how John said it? And I think it's interesting because in verse 11, if you go look at that, Right? The author is telling us why Jesus did it. The miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed in glory. What was the result of that? His disciples believed in him. It's kind of interesting because you're like, but here it says there are disciples that are following him. They're kind of his people, but because of this, they believe. Again, I, I don't exactly know the nuance to that, but I think it teaches and I think it shows that they saw Jesus. And whether it was for the first time, or a revival of their faith, or a more of a commitment, or you name the, the word, that they said, I'm going to follow him. And whether it's for the first time, or you've been a Christian for years upon years, I want to put that out there, because I think Jesus is inviting us maybe into a, a, a deeper sense of belief And following him. I can say I follow Jesus. Every day. But does my life follow that? That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. I can be. I can go to church. I can be at church. And I can say yes to all that you said. But what happens on Monday? What about that hard meeting on Wednesday? What about the person that's going to wrong you on Thursday? What about the thing that you wish happened on Friday and didn't happen? What about the guy that cuts you off next Saturday on the road? Right? That's where it's played out. That's where belief and trust and following the way of Jesus all plays out. And so perhaps as we, at today and going forward, it's, it's, it's a, Jesus saying, come away with me. Come, come, come deeper. Come know me more than maybe you ever have. And what's neat is we get to see him up close and personal the next four months. And so as we enter into another time of musical worship this morning, I want want us to mark this moment right now as a new beginning and a new season of our church. Because it is. Enter a new year. This is a new series. And God wants to do a new thing. So I just want us to, to, instead of just another Sunday, I do that all the time. It's another Sunday. No, Today is a unique Sunday. This is a unique series, and God wants to do a unique thing in all of us. I think it makes it more potent that way, because that is true. We just don't maybe hold the importance of, like, a Sunday that way. But as we enter into this time of worship, I really believe that God is revealing Christ to us, and I encourage us to take his invitation and to observe his every move, and to follow his every step. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a God that is very intentional with each of us. It's not a coincidence that any of us are here this morning. You You made a way in your sovereignty for each of us to be here for those of us online or listen later like, God, this is you you have this for us. And Lord, I pray for each of us. I know we're each in a different spot when it comes to our relationship with you. But instead of running and hiding and pushing you to the side, I pray that like we would invite you in and allow you to work and to speak and to have your way in us this morning. Thank you that you revealed yourself in that way at that wedding at that time. Thank you, God, that you sent your only son to come to show your character and nature to the world and ultimately would die for each of us so that we would be with you. Thank you for this reminder this morning. Thank you for what you want to do now and in the coming weeks. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I want to encourage you to.